It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of the Rise and Shine podcast is presented by Bigelow Tea, the number one tea in America. Choose your perfect flavor from over 150 varieties like Earl Grey and green tea. Available at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or wherever you find your tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Episode 189 of the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow T. Featured guest this week, one of my all-time favorites in sports media. He's a former NFL scout turned podcaster. He's got a great story. He is amazing when it comes to NFL content. Absolutely sensational when it comes to sports gambling. John Middlecoff from Three and Outs on the Volume Network. He is just amazing, and he's the feature guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast. And Bob Sue, our executive producer, of course, with us as always. And Bob, I'm not wishing you a happy new year. You know my philosophy. I think the words happy new year, I think it's garbage. I think it's crap. You know I'm the most positive, effusive human being on earth. I'll say, how's your day? I'll say, happy Tuesday as we tape this on a Tuesday. I'll ask how your kids are doing. I'll ask how your break was. What I'm not doing, because it's such a waste of time and it's so disingenuous, none of this happy New Year crap. Also, it implies that, you know, one specific day is more important than the next. Garbage nonsense. I give people a week, Max. If I get a happy New Year after January 8th, please, You can stick that away. I don't wish me after January 8th. I don't even want a happy new year on January 1st. I'll allow it. Don't (laughs) wish me happy new year after January 8th. Yeah, so it's funny. I mean, you're starting to age a little bit because at least you used to, it used to be more acceptable for you to get the happy new years. Now it's, you know, it's January 2nd. You don't even want a happy new year today. So I think things have really taken a turn here. You know what's sad though? I actually think you're starting to rub off on me in this sense because when people called into the show today and wished me a happy new year, I just simply asked, how are you doing? That's I did right. not wish anybody a happy new year back. And it, it's funny, Adam, even with my, I'm starting to age here too. I had just no, I didn't even want to stay up for New Year's Eve this year. I would just rather get the sleep at this point. I'm not celebrating New Year's Eve. I'm not drinking cocktails. I got to tell you, Adam, I didn't wish anybody a happy new year when the ball dropped. I think I think it's on you this time now. I, I think what you've done to me is I, I'm Thank not wishing you. anybody a happy new year either, Adam. Thank you. 
I, I am going to take full responsibility <laughs> for this. Now, I will say ball drops. You say Happy New Year. You know, yeah. I'm always one of those. I would love to go to bed at like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock on, on New Year's. By the way, it was a rare day. I wasn't working on a Monday after. So I was able to have a drink. I was able to have a champagne toast. My kids are into <laughs> New Year's. So, so that was great. You know, I, I don't know what the hell was going on with some of these musical acts. I mean, I, I like Maroon 5. I don't know what the hell they were just mailing that thing in. I mean, I don't know what the hell was going on. But listen, I, I think at the end of the day, Bob, you know, I would much rather be asleep at, at 10. But I was able to stay. And, and Katie's a night owl, right, in general. And especially for New Year's. And Theo wants to stay up. So, so that's great. But knowing I had a lazy day of doing nothing but watching football on Monday, I mean, watching college football, that was incredible. You know, it was interesting, though, from the, the week between Christmas and New Year's after we last taped the pod. So we spent a couple of days in Vermont, and we're not skiers. I'm afraid of the chairlift. My kids don't <laughs> ski. We're not a skiing family. I mean, you know, I have enough issues, you know, walking and chewing gum at the same time. I, we're, not, we're not a ski family. But, you know, to mix up the, the long break, right, and we never go away on winter break, obviously, I, I, you know, I'll take a day, we did the podcast and one TV show last week, you know, we decided to go to Vermont, and it was a last minute trip, and it was great, it was like 50 degrees, which sucks for a lot of people who want snow in Vermont, but for yeah. us, we did a couple of hikes, it was just Manchester, it was a great town, you know, eight great it was, you know, a great hotel. The kids had fun. Unbelievable way to change the scenery, right? To make everything beforehand even better and after even better. So um, I'm with Theo, right? And we, we had breakfast together, the two of us. Katie, the girls, they were sleeping. And Theo's big thing, he always wants to now. He's in his own fantasy league. He wants to do my DraftKings team. Right. And dad, let me just play around on DraftKings. And oh for anyone boy. who doesn't know, Theo is eight. OK, he he has spent more time over the last two weeks talking about Gerald Everett versus Chico Kwanu than those mm -hmm. specific Aquanu and Everett families have talked about <laughs> Gerald Everett and Chico Kwanu. Right. He is completely obsessed. So finally, I said, OK, Theo, why don't you enter your own DraftKings team? And I'll yeah. enter one in the league that we do. And so I let Theo put a dollar in a league. He goes, Dad, mm -hmm. thank you so much. He's so excited. Theo Shine won five bucks in a public league, <laughs> finishing 110th out of over 1,000 people. Well, there you starting go. The, starting the likes of Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, I said, you know what? Let me pull a Hail Mary and try to start, oh. you know, Hall at the quarterback position, <laughs> throwing to Justin Jefferson with no Jair mm -hmm. Alexander. And, you know, the rest is history. And so now Theo has that kind of bragging rights. But as we're sitting there and we're, we're in Vermont and, you know, we're having our, you know, Theo's having his chocolate chip pancakes. All of a sudden the waiter comes over and he says, are you guys on DraftKings? I said, yes, we're on DraftKings. He said, can you show me what you're doing? And I showed it to him. He goes, are you gambling? And at this stage, I'm like, well, hold on for a second. I don't know. Is this like a sting? Is it a setup? Yeah. Like what? What? Turns out, and I knew this from commercials we've done, it's not legal yet. It's going to be in two weeks in Vermont. So this guy was explaining to me, that he makes a killing betting on soccer and the NFL, 
and will drive 20 to 25 minutes to Massachusetts to go place a couple of bets. So here he is asking my eight-year-old <laughs> whether or not it's legal and if he can gamble or can do fantasy football, Bob, in the state of Vermont. It's funny. I mean, first off, you went to Vermont, you didn't skate. That's like going to Miami and not going to the beach, Adam. But yeah, that does sound like a great trip. It was awesome. But there's plenty of people out there, Adam. And this this had still been happening not too long ago. I mean, I live in New Jersey. We're basically the king of everything. We got everything over here in New Jersey. People would constantly just cross the bridge on a Sunday in yep. New York, go to New Jersey, play some bets, and then drive back. Or they would take the path, Adam. People take the path from the city to Hoboken. They gamble in Hoboken, get back on the path, and go back to the city. This used to happen all the time in New York City. If you just walked into the train station on a Sunday afternoon, just before the game started, there's tons of people doing that. So I'm not surprised that he drives 20 minutes over the Massachusetts to place the bets. But maybe you should have Theo do your DraftKings, Adam. However, I also played Gerald Everett, so I'm glad that Theo, he was on the right track. I thought that was a great play. I played him, too. I also played Justin Jefferson. Half the Packers defense was out, Adam. I couldn't believe what happened on Sunday night with the Packers. But you can't play Hall, and you played Tommy DeVito last week in DraftKings. Adam, you got to play quarterbacks that won't be benched during the game. It's, it's amazing. I won a couple of weeks before that, and I told you I'm going to take some Hail Mary shots yeah. because you're going to – I'm not going to – I wasn't going to finish in the money. I was trying to go for the jugular in different lineups, and – Listen, I love the matchup against Philly and, you know, my, my big debate. Here are my three quarterbacks. I had a lineup with Lamar. I had a lineup with Tyrod. And I had a lineup with Hall. And I obviously went with the wrong one. I mean, I, yeah. you, you can't make that up if you tried. So now Theo will get his own team. He's not going to be in my head going, can we do this, do that. By the way, second straight week, I love James Conner and fantasy. And... Yeah. I mean, I didn't play him. Theo played him. <laughs> Theo p- played Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he kept saying to me, I mean, who's the 8-year-old? Who's the 46-year-old? He goes, Dad, you keep spending all your money on Christian McCaffrey. That's not how to build the team. I'm like, wow. I, I got I got to start taking uh, lessons from him. By the way, our video executive producer for the podcast, our guy Isaac, he won the Sirius XM Video Sports Producers Fantasy League. You know, it's funny. We haven't heard from Isaac, you know, trying to talk to us before a taping in, in ages, right? All of a sudden, as we're about to tape, he's like, is, is Isaac trying to talk to us? Just wanted to let us know that he knocked off the great Evan Neal, knocked off Andy Myers, all the great people at, at the Sirius XM video department. Congratulations, Bob, to our guy, Isaac, who won the, the and it, by the way, it is tough competition. Winning that fantasy league is a big deal. I'm a little bitter, Adam. I mean, we didn't get the invite. It's it's an exclusive league. Only the video team. Only they get in. I got to tell you, Adam, you know my take on Sam Darnold. How I was a Jama Jets fan, obviously, diehard. Just did not like Sam Darnold for years. Wanted to be kicked off the team. I was in a dynasty league in the playoffs. I needed one catch in six minutes from Christian McCaffrey. I was down .6. One catch. Sam Darnold couldn't hit Christian McCaffrey. Oh, no. It was unbelievable. It was like my fandom had come full circle with Darnold. <laughs> All of a sudden, I have to root for Sam Darnold to win me a fantasy championship, and he's missing Christian McCaffrey overthrows by 10 yards. I got to tell you, I think that was karma. It was karma for all those years, me ragging on Sam Darnold. 
I, I got to say I was right because he couldn't hit him. It's the best running back in the NFL by a mile. But at the same time, I was rooting for Sam, and he, he couldn't get it done. So I lost the Dynasty Championship because of Sam Darnold. So congratulations, Isaac. I'm only a little bit – I'm only a little bitter. I'm only a little bitter here. But, you know, celebrate that championship and validate. And, by the way, as a commissioner of Theo's League, I, I didn't really focus on the uh, first time I've ever been a commissioner of a league uh, on the league settings – so the championship, and he's trailing. It's Uh-oh. they do week seventeen and eighteen combined. Oh, you can't but you that. can change your lineup, and I like don't that. think Theo's gonna win. Bob, I've learned the lesson. Check the set. Oh, check, the settings. check the settings. And I'll be happy if Theo finishes in second and not first, or doesn't seem like there was any kind of you know uh, <laughs> hooligan activity involved. You know, I mean, you got waiters in Vermont trying to take gambling advice from my eight-year-old. So. Listen, at the end of the day, it all comes full circle. Your fandom with Darnold and Theo Shine setting the world on fire. As long as you don't wish anyone a happy new year, including you, Isaac, you champ. No, no happy new year crap. Then everything is going to be just fine. John Middlecoff, the outstanding podcaster from the Volume Network. Three and out is a must listen. Feature guest on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow T. Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Not all tea bags are created equally, and the Bigelow difference is in the details, because tea is all they do. The 100% family-owned Bigelow tea is now the number one tea in America, producing over 2 billion bags in the United States each year. 
Whether hot or ice, Bigelow Tea takes pride in crafting the best cup of tea possible. From the hand-picked teas to the carefully selected ingredients, all protected in a foil pouch. They've created over 150 healthy and delicious varieties to meet all your needs. From mint medley to lemon ginger plus probiotics to their original constant comment. Don't settle for mediocre. Bigelow ensures you get the absolute perfect cup of tea every single time. Have your favorite flavor by your side as you cheer on your team this season. When I'm watching sports, I always have a cup or two or three of Bigelow tea. I'm obsessed with the I Love Lemon, the orange and spice. And at night, I love watching sports and having a blackberry citrus herbal tea. Plus zinc. It's unbelievable. In the morning, as you download the Rise and Shine podcast, have the classic Bigelow green tea. It is absolutely delicious. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Do what I do. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Feature guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow Tea. He is one of my favorites in all of sports media. Ahead of the curve on gambling, ahead of the curve on podcasting, former NFL scout turned unbelievable media personality. My guy, the great John Middlecoff, his three and out podcast on the Volume Network is always a must listen. You should subscribe. John, how are you, my friend? Adam Shine, what's going on, bro? It is so good to see you. And let me tell you something. You're going on because I follow you on all social media platforms. I subscribe to your podcast. And, you know, when my guy Johnny Middlecoff has some kind of feel on anything with sports, whether it's golf, baseball, your NBA is great, but especially football, I'm paying attention. You were trying to tell anyone who would listen you loved Washington to beat Texas and the college football playoffs, and you were doing a little dance on social media last night. How did you know that Washington was going to take care of business? Well, uh, I watch an unhealthy amount of football, and I, I live out here on the West Coast, so I follow the Pac-12, which is has one more game, and then it's, then it's destroyed. So I have been following Sarkeesian for forever, since he became the Washington head coach. And he struggled to win seven games a year. They called him Seven Game Sark. And he's resurrected his career, you know, with Saban. And then he went to Texas. And it was not going well. And then NIL came around. Well, who's got more money than God? Texas. That, that's the high, That's the Yankees right there. That payroll he has. So his team's good. Big 12 stinks. I, I've never trusted him as a coach. Listen, he's a good play caller. But being a head coach is about more than that, right? We see it in the NFL all the time. Like, there's a difference between Andy Reid and McVay and Kyle and some of these other play callers that are head coaches that aren't any good. Brandon Staley. Kalen Dubor, listen, this guy started in the mud, Adam, coaching NAIA, winning championships. I read an article last week. He used to drive the bus with Ryan Grubb, his offensive coordinator, to the game, to the playoff games, and they would stop at a park before the game, feed their team pregame meals, turkey sandwiches. <laughs> That's amazing. Sark, Sark was at USC with Pete Carroll and Lane Kiffin running around Malibu. These, these guys are driving the bus. And this guy, all he's done at Washington, two straight years, they haven't lost a game. Think about this year now, his resume. He beat Oregon twice. You see the Oregon yesterday against Liberty? They're good. He beat him twice. And he Texas is good. I mean, they beat the crap out of Alabama. Like, this guy is 104-11 and in his career at every level. All this guy has done is won. 
And obviously, his quarterback's awesome. Their team. The other thing is, Washington is not like the little engine that could. Remember those Chris Peterson Boise teams? Oh, yeah. People like, could they compete? Well, yeah. Some of those teams had like 15 guys that played in the NFL. You know, so the Liberty and some of these teams, like, do they have NFL players? Washington is not. They, they have NFL wide receivers, NFL offensive linemen, NFL quarterback, NFL pass rushers. You know, a coach that if Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, or if next year Ryan Day gets fired, you know their first call is going to be to that guy, that coach. So remember, it, it happens every five, ten years, a cycle of like Urban Meyer, whoever. It happened with Jim Harbaugh once a time. It's that guy. So I, I have money on him in the national championship. I don't feel like super confident. Like that one, listen, it's all gravy. But the Texas game, I was very, very confident. Let's not get it twisted. They were up 34-21. to 21. They had had a muff punt. The game easily could have been a 20-point game there in the second half, and it got oh, weird yeah. at the end. But that, that Washington was in control of that for 90% of it. 100%, and you were all over that. What's your take on Penix Jr., who I absolutely love? What's your take on him, John, as an NFL quarterback? I think the hard part is, you know, with the projection in the draft and having been in these meetings and being around the trainers is like, you never know with injuries, right? You see it all the time in like baseball. It's like, this guy's had two Tommy Johns and then he's fine for like five five years. Or this guy's been super durable and then all of a sudden he just gets hurt all the time. Football's the same thing. It's like, this guy play, never missed a game in college. Then he gets to the pros. It's like, never can play. And this guy in college, four straight years at Indiana. Now his team was obviously, you know, probably one of the least talented in the teams. You know, he's playing Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State. He's getting killed. Multiple ACLs. I think all four years he didn't finish the season. Two knees and obviously I think a shoulder. So that terrifies teams. Then he goes to Washington, never missed a game. Has been incredible. Like, Listen, the draft is a lot about like projecting. And Caleb Williams is a great talent projecting. Totally understand why he's the number one talked about that way. But relative to everybody else, you can't watch Michael Penix and think he's not the second best quarterback. But injuries scare teams. I think last night he showed he's a better athlete than even I thought moving around. Mm -hmm. A lot like, mm -hmm. remember C.J. Stroud last year when they played Georgia? You're like, God, C.J. is a pretty good athlete. So how does this guy not go pretty high in the draft? I mean, well, look at this. He can throw it inside. He can throw it outside. He can throw it deep. He's accurate. He can move. Great character guy, team captain. He, he's an incredible college. If Tua went five with a bad hip, remember that? Remember he, great, he couldn't even go to the combine take. or whatever. It's a great take. You're telling me this guy can't go high? Yeah, I'd want him as my quarterback. And you mentioned the leadership as me well. Too. And you're right about the athleticism and – you know, I'm not comparing him to Joe Burrow, but he did have some Joe Burrow vibes last night and throwing to those wide receivers. The Stroud comparison, and I loved Stroud. I love that comparison. I think that makes a lot of sense. We've seen what he's done in the NFL. Go ahead. Well, think think about this. Like, going in the national championship game, I, I know a lot of people, and I, I don't quite get this, and I'm not anti. I'm a Harbaugh. I'm a Niner guy, so I've been following Harbaugh, Bay Area guy since he was at San Diego. I, I'm rooting for it. Now, not in this game because I got money on Washington. But all my NFL friends and, you know, people that talk about football, this J.J. McCarthy super high pick, I watch him and I go like, yeah. I, I don't really see it. Like the, the gap, now Michigan's team, you know, they got a projected 15 to 17 guys going to get drafted. It might set an NFL record. But the quarterback gap in that game is pretty wide, right? I mean, if, if you put Penix this year on the Jets – on the oh. Patriots. I mean, it's just he's just better than all the, you know, obviously Rodgers, but Zach Wilson, Zappy. I mean, it's not even close. 
So I want to get your take on Harbaugh because you were around it forever, you know, covering the Niners, talking about the Niners. You understand college football, pro football. Listen, the guy can be a horse's ass. He's an unbelievable coach. He is every single level, whatever. We could go back to when he was with the Raiders as a quarterback coach, head coach at every stop. What he did in San Francisco, John, you you know it better than anyone, turning around the Mike Singletary mess. I mean, that's one of the great coaching jobs to me and a turnaround in NFL history without being subject to exaggeration. Do you th- – first of all, I do think he's going to win a championship, and he's a phenomenal coach. Do you think him leaving Michigan, A, is it dependent upon winning? B, where do you think if he goes to the NFL – is the best fit for Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's kind of got this Bill Parcellsian quality. Like, it's less about who's on your team, like who your quarterback is, whether he wins or loses. Like, he's just going to do what he wants to do, right? And I, I think winning or losing come Monday has no bearing on, on what he does moving forward. Obviously, this year has been weird. I mean, he's been suspended twice. It's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I mean, like the history of sports, got, a coach has been suspended twice in multiple parts of the season, and he's playing for the championship. Like that's it's never going to happen again. Uh, I, I also think he's less phased by like, oh, you got to go where Justin Herbert is. I, I don't think he cares about that as much as a lot of guys, right? I, I think he's much more secure in his abilities. Like. I think the Raiders mean something to him. They, they were his first job. I think history means a lot to him. You know, he took, it's weird, right? Stanford is not viewed as some like powerhouse program, but they, uh, they've had some historic players. He went there, turned them around, obviously the 49ers. And I, I kind of think he goes to the Raiders. So it's funny you say that of all teams because I feel like at some point I'm smiling as I say this. My John Har- my Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders take is going to hit. And I, I've been saying Harbaugh and the Raiders forever. I, he's wanted it. Davis has wanted it. I mean, don't you think everything is there? It fits the brand, doesn't it? It just It's perfect. It, he feels much more like the Raiders head coach than he does the Chargers head coach. I agree. I agree. Now, listen, I'd want to coach Herbert. I don't think he cares. And and say what you want about Davis. I don't think he he cares at all. I don't think he cares at all, honestly, as crazy as that sounds. Do you think the Chargers are going to spend on their head coach? You know what's crazy, Adam, is like uh, the Chargers get very insecure when people call them cheap, and they, they keep like, well, we pay all of our players. This is not baseball. Everyone pays their players. Like You get free money from the television. Like, we got a new practice facility. This isn't college football. Nobody cares. You really get judged on, like, this. you had an opportunity last year, for example. Listen, Sean Payton's kind of a that crazy was a guy. guy, too. But he was right there. He was right there. What, what was it going to cost? Well, the Walmart was willing to pay him almost $100 million. The Chargers, whose coach just blew a 27-0 halftime lead, they, they rolled it back. Shocking it didn't work. The guy was living in L.A., Kept talking up Justin Herbert, would have gladly came, clearly didn't need his own GM because he went to Denver without his own guy. But you were, uh, that's money, like that's truly your money, right? Paying a coach. The difference, you know, of paying a $7 million coach, an $18 million coach is extra money in your pocket. And they showed their true colors last year. So this notion that like, I don't have as much confidence. I also think they are, you know, say this for Mark Davis, 
when he hires Josh McDaniels and John Gruden, they get to do whatever they want. Bingo. Right? Bingo. You know, the, Bingo. the Spanos' son is, you know, and listen, I've met John Spanos. It plays a role in personnel. There's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen where I, I think it's a little more complicated than just they got Justin Herbert. Their cap, now listen, the cap, the NFL cap, we all know can change. They're a disaster situation with some of their contracts. Beside the quarterback, which is a shining light, they have a lot of stuff going on that's, you know, a negative. Where the Raiders, like, blank slate, start over, got some good players, got some high draft picks. Do whatever you want to do. I've proven, right? Just I, I, the, the Josh McDaniels was such a disaster. I, I don't blame Mark. Like, it was it was a train wreck. The Gruden thing, obviously, once the emails leak, he didn't have a choice. But he gave Gruden, I mean, more carte blanche than, like, Belichick. Yeah. Which is crazy, and that's my whole thing with Davis, right? And say what you want about him, and it's been said. He gives his guys, if he hires you, you can do what you want. He's going to let you make every decision, every who you want to draft, who you want to bring in, who's your quarterback. So much negativity with McDaniels, he had to go. I'm with you. I think he wants Harbaugh. I think it makes a lot of sense. Sean Payton's literally on the Fox lot in Los Angeles. He's there for the Chargers. Brandon Staley, go back to the Raiders game a year before. John, they could have been the Bengals. All they had to do was make the playoffs, and they would have had the ability to make a run. Can I ask you another coaching question? The Belichick thing, I thought he was completely done. And I don't, I don't know if you've uh, followed Greg Popovich. Talk about an all-time mail-it-in, like what's going on there. Belichick's not mailing it in. Nope. Their, their offense... His his GM has just let him down, but he's coaching his ass off this last month. Their team is in every game. They they were giving the Bills all they could handle. He clearly is a good coach. You just don't want him to be your GM. Does Robert Kraft? I, you know, I thought for he was a lock to get fired. Still, probably lean that way. But I, I do think he's probably one of the bigger swing guys in the league. Like, what's going to happen to him? Trade? Like, why would he okay a trade to lose picks? The team just like fire me or keep me. You know, I, I, so I think he's going to be one of the great swings because I think, you know, the commanders, they're, they're, they're teams that would be all over Bill Belichick. If Tampa were to miss the playoffs, fire bowls, like their ownership loves big shiny objects. So I, I think he is one of the more fascinating that that week after the season, the regular season gets done. I, I, I have no feel anymore. I thought he was locked to get fired. Now I like maybe they bring him back again and try to improve, bring in a personnel guy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. It's one of the great, most fascinating, and I've been at SiriusXM for what's about to be 20 years, and I love that week, you know, right after the regular season and, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, all the change and the speculation and the conversation. So I'm still of the opinion that Bill's out, and I go back to that owner's meeting in the spring when Bob... Cr- Bob you think they, fi- they fire him on Monday? I don't know. Or he gets treated differently. I think he gets treated differently. I think that Kraft, they fouled up Brady and the Brady exit on so many different levels. I think they have to treat this one differently. But I think that Kraft knows that it's over. Now, you're right. The team has played hard. My sense of talking to people who know Bill, Bill wants to coach. He's going to coach next year. 100%. Chargers to me. Chargers make the most sense on in terms of football. Now, Washington is the one team, right? You know, I did that interview with Sean Payton last year at the Super Bowl where Payton said, yeah, there was a prospective owner, it was Josh Harris, who was told me to wait because he wanted to hire me. And I know that they <laughs> want a big name. So for me, it was always Sean Payton, 
Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, in some order for Washington. I'm fascinated to see Washington when it comes to this coaching cycle and if Bill would be interested in going to the commanders. You think about Navy, Annapolis, there are some hook connection, NFC East ties, bringing it full circle. That's the one that interests me from a Belichick perspective. Yeah, to me, the other thing is, you know, it's like Nick Saban. Someone told me a long time ago, you know, back when USC was going, you know, from like the lane, uh, Clayton, Clay Helton, it was always a disaster. Why didn't USC just, they always kind of try to talk to him. And Nick Saban's like, under my dead body, would I ever work on the West Coast? Like, I'm a South guy. That's where I feel the most comfortable. LSU, you know, my, Miami, obviously at Alabama. I don't think Belichick, like, it's hard to envision Belichick living in Los Angeles. <laughs> He's just such a staple back there. You know, the New York teams, obviously Boston, where he grew up. Uh, and why wouldn't Harris just like, here's four years, $80 million yeah. or four years, $100 million. So even if Bill only coaches, like, it's kind of like his golden parachute. I thought Mike Tomlin, it's crazy how things change in the NFL, was just like it had run its course. And I, I don't even feel di feel differently, but he's going to end up, now they play the Ravens, they, that they're going to go 10 and 7. They, it, listen, he's not in total control of the organization, but he clearly is the head coach, and he kept rolling Trubisky out there when Mason Rudolph is dramatically better. And I'm not saying Mason Rudolph's Ben Roethlisberger, but the gap between him, if, if they had just played Mason Rudolph, they're a locked playoff team. Yep. Right? They have a they might have 12 wins right now instead of nine. So you're in this situation. It feels like they're kind of stuck in neutral, which the, the organization's so good. That's not a bad, it's not like they're not gonna be the Cardinals, right? Or or some terrible team. But like where they're gonna miss the playoffs again. It's just like, oh, just roll it back. Like what what's gonna and Kenny Pickett, same situation. I at least with Bill, it's run its course 25 years. He's won a bunch. To me, the Tomlin thing, it's like we're just in the same point we were last year, kind of. Yeah, we're you're on the never exact same suck, page. Man. No, and you're never going to suck. But what I would ask if I'm the Rooney family is, what's the plan to win multiple playoff games? They haven't won a playoff game since the 2016 season. <laughs> you know, Tomlin it's likes insane. to say the standard is the standard. John, it's insane. It's completely <laughs> insane. And they've won these last two games, and I'm stunned by it. I picked Cincinnati. I loved Seattle against Pittsburgh, especially with Seattle had a lot to play for. Tough place to play. Basically, everyone was healthy. I still feel like it's run its course. But, but who, who the hell was that? Who the hell was that Steeler team? Like that, that team looked different than the last. Like where's that team been? I mean, where was that team against Arizona? Where was that team against New England? Otherwise, we're not having this conversation. <laughs> totally agree. It's it's wild and it's wacky when you look but, at what's been going but do, on. But, but don't you agree, like, at this point, he's probably just back again? Like, they're not. Yeah. Are they going to fire him? He's back, and, it, and honestly, I don't think it's good for the future of the Steelers. I don't think it's good for the 2020. I don't think it's good for Tomlin. I think they both, John, need a change of scenery. I think there are a lot of teams, and this happens in the NFL a lot, that kind of get stuck. You and I were texting about this around Christmas time about the Jets yep. because of this Aaron Rodgers injury. Robert Saul is a good guy. Everyone likes him. Right. But is he any good at his job? <laughs> and, and I actually think their roster is a little overrated. Like it's not bad, but it's, they had kind of hyped it up with all these picks. I watch them kind of get worked. I mean, pretty consistently. And even that Washington game, that was a game you're like, God, oh, you're going to blow these guys out. And then nope, you easily could have lost. And they're going to run it back with a 40 year old quarterback with an offensive coordinator who's not that good. 
it's not like they have unlimited cap space to just go sign guys. They don't have their second round pick goes to the Packers right in that trade, so they lose a major asset. Maybe they try to trade down in the first round to like accumulate more, but then you're just depending on rookies with this 40-year-old legendary quarterback. I picked the Jets to make the playoffs this year. Obviously, everything changed when he tore his Achilles. I don't know if they would have been a lock team, playoff team, if he would have been healthy. Because look, last year the Packers missed the playoffs, and this year it feels like they're more explosive on offense with Jordan Love. So we see it all the time, basketball, baseball, football. Age wins. It, it caught up to Brady at 45. Like LeBron's yeah. kind of an outlier right now. But I I think the Jets are in a situation of they're clearly at best the third best team in the division going into the season next year with a ton of question marks and just a ton of like Philadelphia Eagle level pressure and edginess. Like what if you start two and four? You know, it's like it, it could be a disaster. Could be a disaster, and I'm with you on your solid take. And I, I keep trying to find any reason to believe in him as a head coach, and I can't find one, seriously. I mean, he hasn't done anything that is inspiring, so they'll run it back because Rodgers wants it, but, you know, it's it's not going to be a guarantee. John, I always respect your opinions and your analysis on everything, but especially the San Francisco 49ers, who I still believe are absolutely going to the Super Bowl. I think it's a major blessing for them that they get the – where they don't have to play in Week 18. Give them a bit of a double buy. The NFC will run through San Francisco, through Santa Clara. I think that's a huge deal on a lot of levels. I love Kyle. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy. I think defense has played better. The Baltimore game was a disaster. Christian McCaffrey will get my vote for the Offensive Player of the Year. What's your confidence level here in the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl? I would say anything less than a, the NFC Championship victory, you know, making it to the Super Bowl appearance is an utter disaster. I mean, you're talking about their double-digit favorites against half the playoff teams in the NFC, and even against the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions, you're probably talking a touchdown-level favorite. So they are clearly the best team. They have dominated all these NFC teams. Honestly, the only NFC team that gave him trouble was Kirk Cousins on that Monday night game when he turned into yeah. like Joe Montana, and he was awesome. But they have destroyed everybody. I mean, they destroyed the Eagles. They destroyed the Cowboys. They've owned the Rams, right, for forever. Uh, I, there's just – they have the best team. Now they get to rest. So it's the NFC I, I'm not as worried about. I, I do think the two teams that really bullied them this year were the Browns, who have one of the best defenses, and the Ravens that have one of the best defenses. So it's like – they they're used to being the bully because they are tough. They're tough. They've got the most talent. They're, they out physical you. They kind of shove you around. They hit you. The Browns and the Ravens are like kind of used to playing like that. And it kind of, you know, the Niners kind of threw them off and Purdy got thrown off a little bit. So that game now, usually in, in a Super Bowl situation, when you play a team twice, you kind of got to throw that first game out. So I, I would agree with that. Like I wouldn't expect them to lo- be a lock to lose again, but I do think it would be very challenging against the Ravens. That defense is really good. Their defensive coordinator is a star. You know, Lamar is playing, who has a lot of pressure on him, I would say, going into the playoffs. Like, Harbaugh's already won the Super Bowl, right? So, to me, the pressure on the Ravens is like, you get these home games, Lamar just play like he played this year, which I know he's had better stats. This is the best football he's ever played. He's in complete control. He's calm when he throws. He's accurate. He's just, he's kind of mastered his, like, his talent right now. He's in the peak of his powers, and their team is awesome. That game, like, I'd say it'd be a little shocking if it wasn't Niners-Ravens. The curveball would be the Bills to me. They beat the Dolphins on uh, on Sunday. I don't know about you. I kind of expect them to now with the, all the Dolphins injuries. Absolutely. 
Listen, I, I and, think there and are two potential. And then you just kind of ride Josh Allen into the playoffs. Two flies in the ointment in the AFC. And, you know, my preseason pick, and for the sake of conversation and how I feel, and I love your point on pressure on Lamar. Not enough people are talking about that. My preseason pick was San Francisco and Buffalo. I'm going to stay with that pick, right? Buffalo has to win. Buffalo has to make the playoffs. Buffalo needs, you know, that two seed, get a game or two at home. Obviously, it's a big if, deal. If, if, Buffalo, if Buffalo loses and, a, like, Jacksonville and Pitt win, they'd be out, correct? Out, which is insane, <laughs> which is insane. Because they have the third best odds in Vegas right now to win the whole thing. But that scenario, especially with Pittsburgh and Jacksonville winning, is not crazy. Buffalo should win this game by double digits on so many different yeah, I agree. levels. I agree. So tell me if I'm nuts. There are three teams I could see winning the AFC. Buffalo, Baltimore, am I insane in at least thinking that Cleveland has a shot to win three playoff games this January? I think it's always hard as the wild card team because you got to go on the road uh, unless they're you know the five seed and there's some crazy upset and then somehow in the NFC Championship game you, you get the home game. Uh, remember that happened to the Rams a couple years ago when they when they hosted the NFC Championship game, but they were not like the top couple seeds. They definitely can win some playoff games, and I think when you you know we've all you've probably even talked to him over the last couple of weeks, but watched Joe Flacco talk. He's got nothing to lose. He's got $175 million in career earnings. He's already won a championship. He's just like, I'm playing loose. I, I, maybe he got, you know, as he got older, and it probably happens to a lot of guys, you start seeing your football mortality in front of your eyes. You start getting tight, and you just don't play as loose as maybe you once did. Your talent's not as there. You're just watching a guy that's very comfortable in his own skin, and obviously talent-wise, they got a lot of dudes. I mean, how— Najoku, how good is that guy playing right now? Stop. Holy moly, he looks like. <laughs> and obviously, defensively, they're really good. You know, I think Stefanski's proven what a year he's had. Hiring Jim Schwartz, uh, you know, depending on the matchup, I guess it's going to be one of the South teams, right? Because the Chiefs are locked into three. Yep. yep. I think everyone's going to pick the Browns in that game. And then who's going to want to play the Browns in the second round? If that's, it could be the Ravens, right? Assuming if the Bills, Chiefs, you know, and obviously the Ravens get the bye and the Browns. Like that's a that's a tough second round game with a team that's comfortable playing you. By the way, to your point, right? And let's just you know let's let's have this conversation because the Lamar pressure one, and I love Lamar. He's on the show every single year, and I think you know he's ready to you know make a run. Joe Flacco and the Browns in Baltimore against Lamar and the Ravens. John, you want to talk about pressure? I mean, I, I would love to know the point spread on that game, but I would give Cleveland a, a great opportunity to cover and a great opportunity to win. If we get in back-to-back -back weeks, Stafford on the <laughs> yes. road, Lions, first playoff game in three decades, and then the next week, Flacco in Baltimore. Because a lot sometimes, you know, some of these storylines, you kind of got to push. Those they are as legitimate and tangible and substance behind it as you can get. Like that, I think the chance for the Stafford going in like a Monday night football, yes. a team that never has home playoff games, is an incredible moment for football. It'll be incredible. And by the way, I would pick Stafford and the Rams to win that game. I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> I would pick Stafford and the Rams to win that game. Yeah, I, I would say, I think a lot of people would say that the Browns could win. I think the Ravens should win that game, right? The the, the Rams-Lions game, in a weird way, I think it's unfair to the Lions, right? Have this great season, finally bust through, 
win the division pretty easily, right? You know, have kind of got screwed the other night, but kind of not really quick on that. If you, obviously they tried to trick the Cowboys by sending all the offensive linemen to the referee. And then they ended up, you know, screwing him up. But the moment he calls the wrong guy, 70 instead of 68, no one on the Cowboys was paying attention to the tackle. So it's like, yeah, he was wide open, but they just thought he was the tackle, not a player. So it's, it's hard to kind of play the result game, right? It was all a disaster. Starts with the referees being confused. The Lions clearly doubled down on really trying to confusing them because the moment you you would tell them 68, someone is going to just at least go out there with them. Doesn't mean maybe he still high points the ball, but like that, that was a huge moment for them because they would have been the two seed, probably avoid the Rams. Now it feels like they're staring the Rams right down the pike, doesn't it? A hundred percent. And I, I agree with that take. And by the way, even after the insanity, Dan Campbell, can we kick the extra point? Can we at that moment, can we go to overtime and kick the extra point? Who goes for two at the seven? When when I've you never don't heard of it. it's one thing, right? If you need the if you need the two to tie, I, I get it. But in that situation, what's the likelihood? How often do we see in the NFL first and goal from the seven and you just don't even you get you don't even gain a couple yards? Like it's hard. One play, seven yards. I, in, in when a, I, I thought that was reckless. E, even and then he gets bailed out. The next play doesn't go back to two. Is that like the four? Would it, kick the field goal, man. Play the overtime. It's already 100%. things are kind of chaotic. W- what are you doing? And, and to me, it gets back to I want to like the Cowboys, but how Mike is just you talk also a little reckless. He's hard to trust because clearly he's easy to make fun of and stuff. He's a good coach. His team's yeah. now what's this like three straight years, 12, 13 wins. They're going to win the division. Pretty impressive. That streak. No team has won the NFC East back-to-back years. <laughs> Sustains. He Mike McCarthy's a good NFL coach. It's not arguable. But God, I mean, do you trust him to be a great NFL coach? He's just what the hell was that? And I like Mike a lot personally. I like Mike a lot professionally. I, I mean, that that was complete insanity. You nailed it. They're going to win a lot of games. He's you know a really good coach. You know, greatness, I think that's that's a different conversation. You know, John, it's interesting. And I mentioned the podcast, and you go to the Volume Network. I, I really, and I've said this to you, I think you're a star. I, I think what you are tremendous. You know how to cut through, you know, your, your passion, your knowledge, the way you deliver. Take us, take the audience a little bit through your path, going from NFL scouts to a radio host. You are ahead of the curve on podcasts. And your move to the volume and Colin Cowherd, and what made that the perfect next step for you in your outstanding career? Well, I would say, like most young kids, I, I knew pretty early I was never going to like play professional sports, love sports. I loved radio. Like I, I used to listen to radio as a kid, you know, and unlike guys like you who go right into it, when I went to college, I. I wrote for the school paper. And so I was kind of doing the media thing, like a column, just he tried to be like Bill Simmons 2.0 in like the mid 2000s, which I wasn't that good at. But I, I started working with the football program. So I just kind of got on the path of like in recruiting and working in football. And it kind of took me away from, you know, just I, I didn't know how I was going to work in sports. You know, I it just kind of led me to football. And it, that was, I started having, I guess, success that way and opportunity. So I just kind of went with it. And then I worked in college recruiting at Fresno State when we had Ryan Matthews, who was a really high pick with the Chargers, replaced LT, got to meet a bunch of scouts for a couple of years as a graduate assistant. 
And then it kind of just led me on to football. And I got hired with the Eagles and I scouted, you know, it just, it kind of took place. And then when Chip Kelly came in, you know, I, I wasn't, some of these guys love, you have to love football. If you, if you're a basketball coach or a football, you have to be addicted to it. Like I, I love sports. I mean, so do you. I think the addiction that like Andy Reid or Bill Belichick or some of these GMs or Brian Cashman have for their individual sport, not all the other, it doesn't mean they don't like, but they, they, they spend so much time. You have to be, and I was like, you know, I, I like golf a lot. I, I like, <laughs> I, I like watching, you know, the NCAA tournament, but yeah. like, if you got draft prospects, you got to do this. Like it's just very singular focused. So I, I realized when I was in it, like, I don't know, I like this, but I don't like it enough at their level. And then once I started doing radio, my buddy Guy had a show, started going on. Jason Barrett, probably a mutual friend. Yep. You know, I just, I'm a natural talker. And I had been listening. I mean, I remember listening to like Jim Rome when I was in like sixth grade. Yeah. You know, so I had, I had, we, we grown up in Northern California, KNBR, which is like what you guys have in New York with WFAN, the power of that brand. And, you know, so just sports talk radio was always a big part of my life, and it, it kind of came natural. I mean, I've been talking sports with people since I was since I could talk, and obviously, you just the more reps you have, the I think the better you get, just like in anything. And it was just kind of a natural transition, probably something I was actually born to do. I just, you know, some of you guys know it right away, like you did as in your when I worked with Howie Roseman, he wanted to be a GM when he was like five. Yeah, and some people like me, I I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know exactly, and the path kind of led me ultimately, I think, to where I'm at. And now, you know, meeting Colin has uh, clearly changed my life, without question. And listen, I I love the podcast, and I love having you on. And you know, really, I, I'm a huge fan, as you said. And it's not, it's it's funny when you're in this business. You know, you would think everybody loves sports and lives for sports like we do. Not everybody does. So it kind of oh. it cuts through the way you do what you do. And listen, your social media is great. And I love the podcast. So keep it going, John. And I love the conversation. It's going to be a wild finish to the NFL season. Continued success, my friend. And we'll talk again real soon. Thank you. You too, Adam. Always been a fan and been listening to you on Mad Dog for a long time. So uh, that's the cool part about, I think, 2023 that wouldn't exist 25 years ago. I, I wouldn't have known. I didn't know who Chris Russo and Mike Francesa are, right? Because if you didn't grow up back there, you, you wouldn't have known. And then the ability to like, str- I remember the last couple of years of Francesa getting serious radio, find out what Mad Dog radio, like who's this Mad Dog guys? Like this shit just, <laughs> I, you know, just resonates with you immediately. So it's that's the cool part about this generation. There are a lot of negatives with social media and stuff, but the ability to find people, different markets, different sides of the country that wouldn't have been available in like our parents' generation, you know, yep. I think is is really pretty special if you if you like you know, like this industry and like listen to different people. No, listen, I, I love that you were a junkie for sports radio growing up just like I was. So yeah. shaped my whole life and, and yours as well. So continued success, my friend, and we'll do this again real soon. Thanks, Adam. Have a good day. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bigelow Tea. With over 150 varieties, it's no wonder Bigelow Tea is America's number one tea. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com. Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Sirius XM Podcasts. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.